The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And all right, Duff's laying another one on us. Is it going to be an egg or a golden goose? Let's see what Duff McKagan comes up with on the Duff McKagan joke of the week. Chris Jericho, uh, Duff McKagan here. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just uh, done uh, watching. Uh, I downloaded the, the Queen movie off sort of a dodgy website. Uh, I think it was filmed right there in the theater, you know, from a camera. Because I see a little silhouette of a man. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Yeah, not one of his best, not one of his worst. But listen, I love it. Every single uh, joke that Duff calls in is a gem. He hasn't missed calling in a joke of the week yet since we started in August of 2017. Not even when he was in the Philippines with Guns N' Roses or on vacation with his family. He still calls them in like clockwork. And even though GNR are taking a break from the road right now, Duff is still busy. Uh, he's got a solo album coming out later on this year, working on that with Shooter Jennings. Uh, the lyric, uh, lyric, lyrical content is based on the Guns N' Roses tour, the reunion. I'm sure he'll do more with his other band, Walking Papers and Loaded, featuring uh, former Fozzie bass player Jeff Rouse. Uh, Walking Papers just released their second album late last year. Plenty of stuff coming from Duff, including more Jokes of the Week, for 2019 and speaking of 2019 uh hopefully it's going to be an even better year than 2018 which was uh, monumental in so many ways not just for the career of chris jericho and the formation of aew which you can hear all about from uh, the, uh wednesday's show but also 2018 uh huge movies uh great bands coming out with material Awesome TV shows. Uh, we lost a lot of uh, very uh, formidable, influential brothers and sisters. And we're going to talk all about 2018 with the Fab Three, the return of Charlie Benanti from Anthrax and Mike Portnoy from the Neil Morris Band, the Winery Dogs, uh, every single band ever. We had a great time talking about 2017 last year. So as soon as the clock struck 12... And we hit 2018. I called the boys up and we're going to do a whole review of the year 2018. Our fam- favorite movies, our favorite TV shows, the favorite uh, albums that came out. And of course, talking about the people that have gone on their way. So many cool things. So many laughs. 2018 was a good one. And we're going to go all through it. Talk all about it right here on Talk is Jericho with the Fab Three starting now. All right, so we're back here with the Fab Three, uh, Charlie Benanti and uh, Mike Portnoy. And uh, last year, we had the 
2017 year in review. It was a huge success, huge hit. So we're going to reprise that this year uh, for the review of 2018. How was your year, guys? How was your year, Mike? It was a pretty busy year. I was on the road most of the year, but no shortage of uh, good music, film, and TVs to keep me entertained. So it was a good year for me and for entertainment in general. And I think you spent a lot of time on the road, too, this year uh, as well, Charlie. Oh, yeah, it was a very busy year for us, and uh, it's been nonstop since uh, 1987. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funny thing, though. I was saying um, to you guys before, especially in Anthrax's case, because we did a lot of touring as well, and all of us are road dogs, but it seems like I think our tour was 19 months, but your tour, Charlie, on this record has been like over two years. Uh, yeah, same with the Worship Music album. I mean, it just never stopped. And, you know, when you, uh, you got it, you can't stop. You have to go, you know, because once they stop asking, that's when you kind of scratch your head and go, how come we're not doing this? How come we're not doing that? So got to keep going. And especially with the Slayer connection, because it seemed like as soon as Slayer announced their tour, you were like their, you know, their, their favorite opening band. You know, you know, knowing those guys for so long, I'm glad that we were a part of this whole thing and we're extending it. We'll be together in Australia, New Zealand and Japan, you know, and then in Europe for the summer. That's great. What about you, Mike? Who are you touring with mostly in this past year? Because you've got quite a few projects as always. Uh, most of 2018 was uh, Sons of Apollo for me. We went, right. We started in February. And we went till October, and then we had to stop in October because Jeff jumped on to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra tour. So we pretty much toured the whole year. Um, and it's funny because uh, now here I am today, um, literally working on the second album. I, I just had to leave Derek and Bumblefoot in the basement to come up and do this phone call. But Derek and Bumblefoot are downstairs right now, and the three of us are now working on the second album. So... No rest to the wicked. How was that um, kind of putting together? Because obviously it's, it's a prog rock super group with, like you mentioned, Bumble and uh, and, and Derek Sherinian, who was in Dream Theater, and Jeff Scott Soto and Billy Sheehan. E even though it's quote unquote a new band, it pretty much is a super group, but it seemed like you guys did some pretty good numbers right off the bat. We did okay. I mean, to be honest, you know, it was uh, a slow build. We had to really build it up, and that's, you know, that's it's a little frustrating, and I've been dealing with that for years now you know the last sure eight years or whatever since i left dream theater every time i start something new it takes a while to get it off the ground you would think with the five of our names it would be built in and good to go but no you know people may know our five individual names but they don't know the name sons of apollo or the name right well the winery dogs or you know uh, flying colors so each and every time you have to kind of start from scratch and find your audience but, you know, that being said, it was it was a great starting point and a great year. And we, uh, we filmed a live DVD in, in uh, Bulgaria where we did a whole cover set and we played with an orchestra and the choir. So, you know, we're going to put that out as a live album this year. And I think that'll be a really good representation of the first year of this band. Yeah, like you said, man, starting from scratch is, is, is never easy. But I saw a lot of stuff. You guys had some, some good vibes and some good some good tunes and just crazy shredding as we would expect it. So I think that's going to be a, it's going to build quite well for you guys. Awesome. Um, okay. So we're talking 2018 and I know Portnoy is the king of lists. So I actually did a little uh, homework and wrote some lists of my own 
and we'll base this around the movies, music, and TV, and then we'll talk a little bit about some of the brothers and sisters that have passed. Uh, what would you want to start with, Mike, since I know that you are always kind of up to date on everything? I don't know. Pick it. Music, film, or TV. I mean, I, I did my list. I do a list every year, and I put it out right before the New Year. So, I mean, well, let's I start. Let's start with movies. Party. Let's let's go with the movies. What was your What was your favorite movies of the year, Mike? You start. I'll pick a couple off the top. I think the top of my list is this film called Mandy, which was absolutely mind blowing. Mm. Um, Nick, Nicholas Cage is in it, so on the surface, people might think it's just some campy Nicholas Cage film. But if you dig deeper, the the the, the director that made this film, his name is. Uh, what is it? Uh, I don't even remember the name. It's, this is only his second film. He made a film in 2010 called Beyond the Black Rainbow, which blew my mind. And I've uh, been waiting for a follow-up for the last eight years, and he finally comes out with Mandy. And it's kind of like if you took a cult film like Evil Dead, but it, if it was directed by Stanley Kubrick, because it's visually absolutely stunning and, and psychedelic, and, and it's incredible. And it's violent and it's beautiful and it's it's just a, a, a head trip, a psychedelic mind trip for two hours. So to me, that was my favorite film of the year. But then there were a few other things that were a little more mainstream. Like I loved Isle of Dogs, Wes well, Anderson. Let's hold on for a second. So, so the guy's name is Panos Cosmatos is, is exactly, the director. There you go, exactly. Did you see that, Charlie? Oh, yeah. I saw it uh, a couple months. Months ago, when I was in LA, my friend Rohan said, You got to check out this movie. And I saw it, and it was just like, it reminded me of The Hills Have Highs meets uh, the, the Cenobites meets, um, <laughs> you know, some weird. It was just trippy and totally trippy. And uh, like Nicolas Cage, like, I didn't know. I kept, as I'm watching this movie, all I kept thinking of was, why did he do this movie? Like, <laughs> I, I just I didn't. The bigger question is, why did this movie have Nicolas Cage? Without Nicolas Cage, it could have been seen like a like a Kubrick mind, but then you throw Nicolas Cage in, and it adds this whole other level of like, you, you know, and cheese, the, a cheese factor. Well, that's the mind, so Mike, that they added Nicolas Cage in it. Yeah, and the t-shirts that she wore, I, it was just, it was just trippy to me. Well, as it opens with, with the opening scene is has a King Crimson song. You know, it opens with Starless, like King Crimson. So right all, out of the gates, I was like, oh, man, I love this movie. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> you know, it's interesting when you get those type of movies, because like you mentioned, Nicolas Cage is one of those guys. He either has like an amazing performance or it's just like the Wicker Man with the bees. No, not the bees. But this is like this. He goes yeah. so over the top. But it's like his greatest film ever, I think. One of my favorite scenes in the movie is like he's covered in blood and he's driving. And then he kind of looks over to the passenger seats and he just has this look on his face and his eyes are bugging out. And it's just like that's the closing shot. That's actually the shot of the movie. It's insane. It's but even like uh, like the scenes where he's just covered in blood and just drinking a full bottle of whiskey, like in one take, like one shot and destroying the room. (laughs) It was just but all wow. of it is done so intensely. You know, there's a few scenes in the movie where he's like given a his wife is given a dose of LSD before they kill her. So it's like really psychedelic and trippy and well made. And it, I, I don't know. I loved it. I, I was floored yeah. by it. I immediately saw it a, a couple times back to back. I am. I have not seen it yet. It's fun. That's why I like doing these shows, because I forget that was something that I had heard about and wanted to check out. So I'll have to check it out next. Um, the only thing, the only thing missing from the movie is the Barry Manilow song. 
Yeah, <laughs> totally. That would be yeah, better. Totally could have used that. <laughs> what else you got, Mike? Um, I love the house that Jack built, which is Lars von Trier's latest film. And Lars von Trier is one of my favorite foreign film directors. He's from uh, from Denmark, and he did uh, Breaking the Waves and Dancer in the Dark and uh, Meliconia. Anyway, this is his latest. It's with uh, Matt Damon, uh, Matt Matt Dillon, excuse me, Matt Dillon playing a a serial killer. And this base, the whole movie is basically him just re- revisiting five of his favorite kills. Oh, uh, wow. And yeah, Numa Thurman's in it and um, a few other people of note, but it's, it's really, you know, it's kind of like Quentin Tarantino meets, uh, you know, well, Lars von Trier, you know, it's mm-hmm. really, really weird and, and, and well done though. Charlie, what do you, what did you see? Uh, I didn't see that, but it's, it's on my list. Um, what, what movies did go, you see that you liked? Uh, I'm going to go a little mainstream and just say that I really love the Han Solo movie. Wow. Um, you know, that's something I wanted to bring up on here because that was really uh, controversial when it came out. It was like the first Star Wars movie that lost money. Mm. Um, it lost me, too. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think it lost people, too, because yeah. of the movie that came before it, which was that last star wars movie that was to me is a big piece of shit um (laughs) so i think a lot of the true fans are like you know what this franchise i'm not going and i think they boycotted it but then now they're starting to see it and they realize that it 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 wasn't a bad movie at all you know i think the problem was it came out too quickly after um was it the last jedi yeah is it yep they they tried to do every year at this point now well, they they you, they were doing it just every Christmas, and then they they doubled up and said we'll do Christmas and summer, and I think that bit them in the ass. But they just they just took I think they took it all for granted, and uh, yeah, I think you really have to pace these movies out and make people want to see these movies. Mm-hmm. But I think Solo, I think it hurt the whole thing because I didn't think it was a bad movie. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think that another thing that kind of was a little bit of a downer. Uh, as far as f- from a from a box office standpoint, is it was Solo wasn't somebody that we had necessarily heard of. I hadn't heard of the of the actor before, and one of the things is people were talking about Chris Pratt was going to be talked about doing it. I thought that might be kind of cool, but when he didn't get it and he replaced him with someone that I didn't really know, I think that kind of hurt a bit. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I usually like unknowns. Like when the first Star Wars came out, you didn't really know these actors That's that true. well. Mm-hmm. That's true. Did you guys see um, uh, how about A Quiet Place? I just watched it a few nights ago, actually. Did you see that, Charlie? Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. I thought, I thought the idea of it was, um, you know, anytime you get one of those performances of an actor who, who, who can't really speak and just has to emote, uh, I thought they did a really good job with that. And the fact that John Krasinski actually wrote and directed it as well was, was pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, was, I was totally surprised by that, too. Um, but I thought it was really well paced and it was a it was really suspenseful, um, which uh, people are comparing this other piece of shit movie called The Bird Box to, to that movie. I don't know if you've seen this. Yeah, I saw, I saw what, Bird Box first, actually. What a piece of crap. dude! Now, let's talk about that for me, because it, to me, it was like, OK, what can we do? Quiet place. You can't talk. So Bird Box, you can't look. Right. And everyone's Bird talk- shit. <laughs> Bird box of shit. So, I didn't. I didn't hate it that bad. I, I I thought it was all right. I don't know. There's maybe no, there's so no much payoff about it now. 
there was no payoff. And like, yeah, I, I had issues with the quiet place actually because they, they were, I liked it, it was well made, but there were moments where it's like, all right, why would you get pregnant in this situation? And then, <laughs> and then, like, knowing that you're going to go into labor and be screaming, and then a baby's going to come out crying. But okay, if you got pregnant and you can't do an abortion, why would you leave the, the wife at home when you take the son to show him the waterfall? They discover that this waterfall is a place where you can go and you could scream and not get like caught so why wouldn't they bring the fucking wife there they please do the <laughs> go to the waterfall and leave the wife back at home to go in labor there was stuff like that that was making me crazy when i was watching it that's a great I thought, point i thought the same thing i thought exactly the same thing like bring, then bring it, the whole family to the waterfall and then every time i do that when i watch a movie someone says to me well it wouldn't be the movie if you right. had that happen you know? yeah i don't like that plot all stuff now why do you think uh a bird box is a piece of shit charged because everyone's everyone thinks it's the biggest thing right now. Oh, I, I don't I don't think it's good at all. I think there was no payoff at the end, and uh, I, I just didn't dig it. That's all. It's, well, the payoff at the end, I, I thought it was actually kind of cool because they actually found a place that was. It reminded me of like The Walking Dead from years and years ago when they were looking for Terminus and they get the Terminus and they end up getting almost eaten and killed. Mm -hmm. Whereas in this case, they found a sanctuary where you can go. And and actually live and live safely. I thought it was a happy ending. And be I, blind. Well, yeah. Well, the, the thing to me that 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 um, you know, the whole thing was kind of cool. Having a blindfold on, okay, I get it. But the whole thing on the river, there is no way you could no. do that. You know what I mean? At one point, no, you would no take way. the damn blindfold off, and like you, you just would do it. There is no way yeah. you could ride down a rapid-filled river with two little kids. And not take that blindfold off. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. I just I just don't think any of us could really do that. Yeah. So, um, how about uh, a couple more of the mainstream ones? Not usually a superhero fan, but I really enjoyed Aquaman. I thought that was a really good movie. If you did, you guys see that? Not me. I I haven't seen a single superhero or Marvel film like ever. So that's just it's not, not my really thing. a thing. Charlie? No. no, I like I like Aquaman with blonde hair. <laughs> But they had to have the sex music. Like that was the original. Shit. Yeah, exactly. Where, uh, Vinny Chase. Where, I was looking for Vinny Chase in this yeah, movie. Exactly. And he wasn't there. It's funny. When I was a kid, I used to love Aquaman. He was my favorite superhero. And other kids laughed at me for it. Um, and they were like, "Why?" I said, why would you laugh? They said, well, what's his, what's his big deal with his superpowers? Like he can control the ocean. I'm like, okay, well, take Batman a mile out in the ocean, drop him in the middle of the ocean. And what's he going to do? He's going to wish he could call a whale to come pick him up and take him back to shore. So that superpower isn't so bad when you're actually out there. And then look what happens now. This movie's super popular and everyone's eating, uh, eating their words. He's the coolest. Actually, guy you, you look more like Aquaman than the guy they got playing. <laughs> that should be it. How about a yeah, star is born? You, you guys see a star is born. I, I did. I, uh, I liked it. I, I actually really, um, I thought it was really surprisingly good. I didn't expect to like it. I thought Lady Gaga was awesome. I thought Bradley Cooper was awesome. I thought the songs were awesome. I, I was surprisingly, uh, I, I surprisingly enjoyed it. Me too. I was, I got caught up in it and, uh, just enjoyed the movie. It's like, wow, I haven't seen this type of movie in a long time. Yeah. And, and I'll say this, and I wanted to pick your guys' brains on this. I actually liked it better than Bohemian Rhapsody. And I'm curious your thoughts on Bohemian Rhapsody. 
Let me just let me just mention Star Wars Born quickly. Two things about okay. it. One, if you've ever watched the Chris Christopherson one with Barbara Streisand from the seventies, that guy's death. Spoiler alert. Sorry if you haven't seen it. That death was much more uh, um, heroic to a, me. It was a motorcycle accident. Yeah, right? he doesn't. The fact that yeah. he killed himself in this one. Yeah. I thought it was really lame, you know, like, yeah, like I just was... didn't like that. I would rather he got on his motorcycle and drove drunk off a cliff or whatever the hell happened. I just thought that kind of I don't know, like... that scene of him, the scene of him in the garage, though, with the dog outside the garage while he was killing us. That got me. I was I got I must admit I got teary eyed during that scene where he's eating the steak. Yeah. 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 That was intense. It was interesting, yeah. too. I read that uh, Bradley Cooper based his his voice cadence on Eddie Vedder. And when huh. you watch it with that in mind, he totally sounds like Eddie Vedder. Walks like Eddie Vedder for sure. Bohemian hmm. uh, Rhapsody? I'll, I'll, I'll start by saying I, I loved it. I was totally entertained and I thought it was a great film and I'm glad that it's doing as well as it is. But as a Queen fanatic, and I know you guys are as well, yes. the inconsistencies and the chron chronological yeah. errors and the things like them breaking up before Live Aid yeah. which didn't happen or uh, Freddie Mercury finding out that they had AIDS before Live Aid which didn't happen. All those things made me a little crazy. It was very distracting. So for me, it's, it took away from the film. But I could see where somebody that doesn't know that stuff would just love every moment of the film. Right. I had issues with the continuity. I, I just had a lot of issues with that stuff. And then I, again, thought to myself, okay, wait a minute. This is a two-hour movie. They have to condense everything they possibly could into this. And the scene where... Brian May is teaching them, we will rock you. And Freddie already has a mustache and short hair. And I'm like, no, no, it's no. In the 80s. They state before that scene that it's in the 80s. And that song obviously came out in 77. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, or the, the, the scene with them on their first American tour and they're playing Fat Bottom Girls, which wasn't That's even right. on their, it wasn't on, it wasn't until their seventh album. That yeah. Year. Well, the, I thing, know. the thing is though, Mike, and you just said, it. I mean, we're queen fanatics so we don't know, but, but I took my wife and kids to that movie, and now we're going to go see Queen this summer with Adam Lambert. They, my kids love Queen now, so I think it's one of those things. We get it. We understand why they had to do it that way. Um, because I'm surprised, though, because knowing that Brian and Roger were involved with the movie, as, as well as um, Freddie's original wife and his boyfriend, the fact that they were all involved with the film, it shocks me that they would, like, that Brian and, and Roger would sit Settle for a scene that's showing them broken up, whereas they were actually touring to the works of course. for eight months, leaving up to Live Aid. But yet in the film, they, they completely changed history and made it look like they broke up and they were pissed at Freddie for his solo album, when that did not happen at all. Right. So I'm just shocked that yeah. Brian and Roger would like let history be rewritten like that. Maybe, do, you maybe. Think maybe, yeah, do you think maybe it was a question of they did speak up about it and then they got shot down by Hollywood, you know, that type of thing. I would bet, I would, I would bet that it's one of those things. They sat them down at the beginning. They said, listen guys, cause you know, all the tumultuous uh, stories about when they were trying to make the movie with um, Sasha Baron Cohen. And uh, he wanted to make it more of a, of a, you know, a, a, a Excalibur dystopian, you know, Freddie just off his rocker, where I think they probably sat them down and said, listen, we're going to have to make some concessions to make this a better movie yeah. and a more concise movie. And probably overall yeah. they went with it. Um, Cause even to me, like the one that got me the most, cause I all, I agree with you on all those ones, but the one that got me, and this is super obscure. This is like when me and Mike were watching McCartney live at Shea stadium from like 2002. And one of the water bottles was on its side on the amp and Mike couldn't stop looking at the, 
water bottle lying on its side. Do you remember that, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why is that water bottle on its side? The one that got me was the Live Aid performance, which is picture perfect, even down to the Coke uh, cups, Pepsi cups on the piano. Yeah. But Roger Taylor has the hair from like 1978. I couldn't, yeah. but like, if you're going to go to that much detail for that scene, right. why not give him the, you know, the 80s pompadour fluffy thing that he had? I couldn't believe that one drove me nuts. Yeah, yeah, I bet. But, you know, overall, they just won the Golden Globe for Best Picture. And, and the thing to Rami Malek, oh, my goodness. Like, dude, I never once thought of him as an actor. Like, he was yeah. Freddy all across yeah. the board. Yeah, he was amazing. And amazing. the guy who played Brian was unbelievable, too. Yeah, and the guy who played John Deacon. When has there ever been a John Deacon lookalike mm-hmm. ever? You know, you know that he was in Jurassic Park. He was the kid in Jurassic Park. Was he? Wow. No kidding. Huh. In the first <laughs> Jurassic Park. Wow. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There's tons of other movies we could talk about, um, but let's move over. Uh, unless there's anything else you got. Well, how about, uh, let's mention quickly Bandersnatch, um, which was insane uh, how that movie oh, is yeah. it's basically a choose-your-own-adventure but in a movie, it's like a, a video game and a TV show in one. Yeah. In, in the Black Mirror franchise, which you turned me on last year to at this time, Mike. So, uh, yeah, you can watch it and, it and something will happen where it says, you know, A, do you get up and leave the room or B, do you beat up your father? And you pick right. one of those two things and then that's what happens in the movie. And it seems to me that you could watch this hundreds of different ways and hundreds of different times. And I know, Mike, how. Attention. Well, I've already watched it three times and had completely different <laughs> movies each time. It's crazy. I mean, people can have bandersnatch parties for years, come together and, you know, dr- drinking parties or whatever, where you just ever get together and watch a different film each time. It's, it's, it's groundbreaking. Whether you like it or didn't like it, you can't deny that this is going to change the way films and TV shows are made in the future. And I wouldn't doubt if five to 10 years from now, you know, there's, there's, dozens or hundreds of films like this you know it's 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 completely evolutionary and groundbreaking i wonder how long it I, took to film that too i read an article about it and it was it took something like uh 35 days but it, the, the script was like five times mm-hmm. the length of a normal script and i i read that there's literally a trillion variations of the film there's five different endings but a trillion different variations to get you there really oh, wow. Wow. yeah now, that was, like you said, very genius and, and cool to see, you know, Black Mirror continuing as we wait for the new episodes and the new season in that show. So, yeah, like I said, there's so much more we could talk about Hereditary and Terrifier. Uh, but let's move on to Halloween. What did you guys think of the Halloween continuation? I didn't see it. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was OK. Yeah, um, that's that's all I'll say. I thought it was OK. Yeah. There's... Did you like the Rob Zombie one? Oh, I love Rob Zombie. I love Rob Zombie too, but I really didn't dig the Halloweens either. And I was, I thought he was going to, I can't wait for the next Rob Zombie though. Cause it's a, it's a, you know, it's a connected to devil's rejects and house of a thousand corpses. So I, that, that one I'm looking forward to. I, we just totally jumped off the Halloween subject onto Rob Zombie, but <laughs> I, I didn't see the new one. I didn't get, get to see it. 
there was uh, parts of this movie that were, I thought, pretty violent. Uh, there was this one scene in a gas station bathroom yeah. that went on, I think, pretty long. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that already, was, yeah. yeah. Um, there was some, you know, questionable things like Jamie Lee Curtis has her house on lockdown, but yet the front door is accessible. And you can get, <laughs> I just didn't understand that. <laughs> Everything else is on lockdown except for the front door door <laughs> the, 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 the one that got me was you know they, they know how crazy michael myers is and it's really well done and like he's insane and he's just waiting to break free and so they're going to transfer him and how do they transfer him i'll put him on the old prison bus with 18 other prisoners and of course they gets out and kills the bus driver and the bus turns over and there's 18 convicts in the middle of the road including Michael Myers. It's like, did that happen in the first one? And when they have learned from that already to not do that yeah. with this guy, I don't get that part yeah. of it. But Jamie Lee Curtis was awesome. It was pretty badass. And um, once again, it's a cool way to kind of reboot the franchise. I'm sure there'll be another sequel to the sequel that wasn't supposed to happen. So, you know, what, uh, uh, one movie that I saw that is a 2018 movie is this movie called the green book that I really loved. I don't know if you guys saw that movie. I didn't see it. No, I heard about it. Didn't see it though. What's the concept? Viggo Morrison is, takes place in the 60s in new york and it was the uh, director of uh of moonshine right yeah yeah hmm. and i didn't even recognize viggo morris and he put on weight he plays this kind of italian tough guy and then um do you know do you know about this movie at all mike i don't actually i just saw it saw it but i don't know anything about it I, I think you guys would love it. It takes place mm. like he has to uh, he takes on this job to drive this uh, pianist to uh, down south and play down there. And this is going on around civil rights times. And it's it's pretty amazing how he turns from this racist guy into loving this artist. It's, mm. it's a pretty good movie. Hmm. The best movie I saw in terms of like well-made, like quality it's probably, you know, going to sweep all the, you know, all the critics stuff is, is Roma, which is Alfonso Cuaron, who did uh, yeah, Gravity and Children of Men. And this is his first film since Gravity. And it was a work of a work mm -hmm. of art. I mean, beautiful. It was just it's black and white, uh, very, very slow moving shots. He, he was the cine cinematographer on it and it takes place in the 70s in Mexico. But it's. You know, it's probably the, the most beautiful film of the year, probably the best like critically acclaimed film of the year. One last mention for horror fans. There's, there's a movie that came out, uh, found on Netflix it's called Terrifier. And um, it's got this, the, the murderer is called Art the Clown. And if you guys like horror movies, it is creepy yeah. as, have you seen that, Charlie, the guy's face, the uh, clown? My daughter loves, my daughter seems to love this movie. I, I, <laughs> but yeah, so I think it's it's one of those things where it kind of took me back to another movie that 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 I loved growing up, you know, and this kind of reminded me of it. So I was like, all right, I'm in it, you know. What did it remind you of? I, 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 well, the, you know, just the so vibe. I I always go back to the Betty Davis character of whatever happened to Baby Jane because she looked like a clown to me that oh. always scared the hell out of me. <laughs> And uh, this movie kind of did that too. Yeah. So if you guys like horror movies, it's one of the most vicious deaths I've ever seen in a, <laughs> in a horror movie as well. So, all right, yeah. let's, let's go over to TV. Uh, Mike, what do you got? I know you're always into a lot of different things. Well, I mean, I got a few, I mean, what, what can I start with? I'll start with um, the handmaid's tale, which 
I, I fell in love with this year. And I, I originally didn't, when I heard of it like a year or two ago, when it first came out, I, I wasn't interested. It looked like it was going to be some sort of, you know, Quaker, you know, 1700, you know, history film that I wouldn't care about. But once I actually watched an episode or two, I realized it's, it's, it's in the future. It's very clockwork orange, very children of men, very dark. And I got completely hooked and I binged both seasons uh, like within a, a week or two. And, and it's just incredibly well made. And it's now actually in my top 10 of all time. I, mm. That's how much I loved it. Okay. Okay. I haven't Either seen you guys watch it? No, it's funny. Um, I'm, a, I'm in Screen Actors Guild, so they always send me the four-year consideration DVDs. And I just got Handman's, Handmaid's Tale uh, the entire season. Not that we need DVDs so anymore good. anyways, but yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I've, I've, I've loved that show. The only thing I didn't love was how the last season ended. Mm. How about Cobra Kai? Did you guys watch that? Oh, I loved it. I thought that was amazing. It was uh, the, the kind of a continuation of the Karate Kid universe, uh, but based more around the Karate Kid's kids. And um, mm. it's really, really well written. And it was interesting, too, because it was on YouTube Red, which is another yeah. place now where they're making, you know, they're making a quality television uh, that you had to buy, you know, pay nine ninety nine a month or whatever it is. It seems like network TVs falling more and more out of uh, favor as we get, you know, the Netflix and the Hulu's and the now YouTube making these great series. Yeah, just keep regular TV for reality. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I, I thought Cobra Kai was really good, especially it was fun seeing those characters again. And uh, you know the, the 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 tension between Ralph Macchio and 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 you know Billy Zabka after all these years, it was pretty cool to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I did a um, I did like this horror convention one year with Billy, <laughs> and he was telling me that he's writing this episode, this uh, this series, and it's based on what exactly what you just said. And I was like, "Are you serious?" He's like, "Yeah," and. Uh, uh, it's going to be on YouTube Red, and it's going to be really amazing. And sure enough, it I saw it, and it was amazing. Hmm. I, I, I really liked it. Um, so, yeah, all good. I did uh, Dancing with, with the Stars with Ralph Macchio, so I have his number, keep in touch with him. And he said that it took him a long time to agree to do it. I guess he did not want to go back to that character. And, you know, you know the typical, typical artist that, you know, makes it huge as a character, but doesn't want to go back to it because he feels like it's, you know, betraying his artistic elements or whatever. It's like, just go back and do it, man. And, uh, like Harrison, like Harrison Ford. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh God. Harrison Ford's got the Han Solo franchise and the Indiana Jones franchise. I mean, God, that's two of the biggest in the world. I always yeah. name another actor who has two huge characters like that. Let me put it this way: name, name an actor that has two characters that had franchises. Uh, well, I'd the... say Sylvester Stallone with with uh, Rambo and Rocky. That's that's the only I other think, one I I can think of. I think I think. Well, I was going to say Johnny Depp. What's his other with, one? Uh, Pirates. 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 Uh, you know, I was going to say Edward Scissorhands because it's such a cult type of thing, but he that, just has the one off. But, yeah. That is true because because if you're talking about some of that, like my original way of of debating it was, can people dress up as this person for Halloween? And you would know who it is. So you would know Rambo and Rocky. You would know Solo and and Indy. And you would know Edward and 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 uh, what's his face, Captain, the pirate 
Jack. Jack Sparrow. That's right. Yeah. So Jack Sparrow. That's not bad. I'll take that. I'll take that. Uh, other shows that you that you liked, Mike? I got so many, but I I, I don't know. I, I have The Deuce. I have Escape of Danamora. I have Haunting of Hill House. Which one of those you want to talk about? I love. Uh, there's so much good stuff this year. Have you seen Haunting? I love the Haunting. I love the Haunting of Hill House. I thought it yeah. was great. Well, let's talk about it because I haven't watched it yet, but everyone's been talking about it. So what's the what's the premise of the show? Well, it's basically uh, a house that was – it's fl- a lot of flashbacks. It takes place in two different times. You, have, you see – you have the whole cast as they were 25 years ago, I think in the early 90s. And then the other part of the show is in modern times showing all these kids grown up. Uh, so it's a lot of flashbacks. It's, it's about a haunted house. So it's a lot of The Shining kind of stuff in it and you know possession and haunted house. But it was so incredibly well made. And especially – I think it was the – sixth episode basically there were these incredible long shots that were like about 15 minutes each which could have must have been the, the hardest thing to stage if you watch that episode the entire episode's like three different shots with with no cutaways and it was just technically incredible and i, I loved the whole show i thought the whole series was great and scariest i thought the one thing that I, I that i admired about the show is the kids so i think there yeah. was four or was it five kids all together? Five kids, yeah. Five. The way that they matched the child actors to the adults or vice versa was it was done so well. You know what I mean? Like when you see them as they're older, you're like, oh, well, that's that kid. You know what I mean? Right. It was done so well. And, and um, at first, at first, I was wondering, like, why would they get um, – you have the kid from E.T., uh, Henry uh, Thomas, mm-hmm. and then you had um, uh, uh, Timothy Hutton playing Timothy the older and at first I was like, well, why wouldn't they have the same actor and just do makeup? But when you get to the end of the show, you realize why they had two completely different actors because there's some scenes, and not to give away spoilers, but there's some scenes where they're interacting together, and it was really, really cool. That's a pretty, yeah. that's a pretty good call, though, Henry Thomas and, uh, and Timothy Hutton. Timothy I can see Hutton. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah for good. sure. Did you guys, uh, anybody watch American Crime Story Versace? Not me. Uh, no, I... Missed that. Gotcha. It's <laughs> they did. A, if you guys ever seen American Horror Story, the same guys do American Crime. I love Story. the OJ one. The OJ one. Well, this, the OJ one was if you liked OJ, you should check it out because the Versace one is really good. Talking about the fashion designer and what I didn't know. I mean, everyone knows Versace, right? But did you know he was murdered outside his house by a crazy ex lover? Yes. I, mean, I didn't know it was the ex. I didn't know it was an ex lover. That's basically the way that they spin it once again, but definitely uh, something that you'll probably see a lot of uh, in the, in the award ceremonies and that sort of thing. Um, I saw it the other night. I think they won something. They did. Yeah, they I, did. I, they I, did. Saw, I saw like Ricky Martin was on stage and I'm like, Oh yeah, he was in that movie. Yeah, he played um, one of the, you know, what show that I, I just loved, like I couldn't wait for it to come on. It was a show called Barry. It's on HBO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I oh did my it. god! Yeah, Bill Hader. Bill Hader is so awesome in this yeah, show, Bill dude. Great. And Henry Winkler is yeah is killer. Yeah, really he's awesome. He's in it. Is is it a comedy? It's comedy dark. on HBO. It, it swept a lot of awards actually. Yeah, it did, did really well. It's a dark comedy, and it's just it's just awesome. I mean, you'll blow right through it, but it just yeah. gets better. Every episode gets better and better. Bill Hader, the other Bill Hader show I love is Documentary Now. I don't know if you watched that with Fred Armisen and him. It's mm. brilliant. He's he is awesome. It's good. He's just awesome. Yeah, and Henry Winkler, man, that guy's such a national treasure. Like everything that he does is is so hilarious. You know, 
Even but talking about like going back to a, an old, you know, like you're talking about Ralph, Ralph Macchio, a uh, karate kid, you know, Henry Winkler is one of those people like with a show like Barry, he completely reinvented himself. It's not like you're watching this. And it's like, oh, that's the fun. Right. I mean, he, he completely reinvented himself at, you know, age, whatever he is, 70 or whatever, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, if you he, think, he, and actually, too, I, I was just going to mention him in Arrested Development. And there was more Arrested Developments this year, which were all great as well. If you guys were ever into that show, it's such a genius show. I'm a huge fan of the show, but I haven't caught up with the latest season, actually. It's as ridiculous as always. You know, it's definitely mm-hmm. worth watching. It's one of those ones where you think, oh, Arrested Development, then you actually get into that universe again. And, you know, that's the, that's, once again, that's the brilliance of Netflix. They, they do something, they put it out, and it's there forever with all the, the episodes ready to go. You could knock that out in, you know, a, a long tour bus ride from Spain to freaking Greece if you're ever doing that one. Right. You know? Yeah, totally. Well, that's where I watch all my movies and TV shows are usually at night on tour. You know, people wonder, like, how do I watch all this shit? But mm-hmm. <laughs> as all three of us know, when you're on tour, you have 22 hours to kill every day. And that's, that's right. You know, half the time and just watching TV shows and binging. Did you guys, it's uh, hard for me to do that, man. It's like, like I'll be in my bunk trying to do it, and then someone comes, opens my curtain. What's going on? What are you doing? <laughs> Dude, I'm trying to watch season two of the Ozarks. Leave me alone for a bit. It's so hard, though, because then, you know, uh, like my TV and movie consumption has gone down. My reading has gone right out the window because all you do is just sit there and fuck around on your phone, which just drives me crazy <laughs> yeah. the amount of time you waste just doing that. Right. right? Totally. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Did you guys hear about the show called Murder Mountain? No. Okay, so it's... it's Chris, you're coming out with all the obscure shit, man. Yeah, well, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to match up with you. <laughs> Just, I'll give, it, I'll give it a quick rundown. It's, it's, a, it's a real show. It's like a documentary show on Netflix. And it's about this area in Northern California where, where everybody's a weed farmer but there's no laws because everything's gone so far out of whack that the cops don't even go to this mountain. There's vigilante justice. There's like 230 missing people in this County uh, because of all these, you know, guys owe people money and just kill them rather than pay them. And the cops just figure out oh, it's just two drug dealers killing each other. Why do we even want to get involved? It's, it's really interesting just to see that something like that could exist. It's like the wild West in 2018 mm. in Northern California. Mm. So, oh wow! What's it called? It's called Murder Mountain. Okay. Yeah. What about Mayans, Mike? Did you watch that? The sequel to Sons of Anarchy. I haven't seen a lot of these shows. I've been um, stockpiling them because I prefer to binge them. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm like catching up on all these shows. I stockpiled Mayans. I'm waiting to start that. I'm, I stockpiled Ray Donovan. I'm going through that right now. Uh, Narcos Mexico, but. So you tell me, what about Mayans? Was it good? You disappointed? You like it? it? It's not disappointing, but it really is. It's it's worth checking out. Uh, like I said, it's it's still Kurt Sutter. He writes like he writes, which is very you know, in your face. Just you know, crazy violence, a lot of sex. 
but it really is about six or seven episodes in. I realized this is basically Sons of Anarchy, but a Mexican version. Like you can, mm. you can pair. Well, that's not bad. If, if we don't have Sons of Anarchy anymore, it sounds. And that's what I'm saying. Like you go, okay, this guy's the jacks of the show. This guy's the, you know, the the. I can't remember any of the other guys' names of the, whoever was else was on there, but each guy kind of could be paired with somebody right. else. You know, this is the tag of the show. Uh, right. So, um, but definitely worth 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 checking out. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do it. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Anything else you guys saw on TV you want to talk about that you that stood out for you? Well, I threw out the Deuce and Escape of Danamora. I'm curious if either of you guys watched. I haven't either of those seen. Cause... You mentioned the Escape Show the other day because you said who's in it? There's like, somebody. Funny it's uh, Benicio, Benicio del Toro and Paul Dano and Patricia Arquette as direct. The whole series is directed by Ben Stiller. That's right. It's on Showtime and it was phenomenal. I, I binged the whole thing like in one night and it was so good. I have to check it out. It's, it's an escape, you know, a prison escape story, but really well done. And the acting is incredible. And it's true. It's a true story. It's a, these two guys that escaped in 2015. And it, with the help of one of the women that worked at the prison, they were both having sex with her and they used her to, to help with the escape and it's a true story so it's really amazing the only other awesome. thing that I'll, I'll point out um if you guys are evil dead fans which i would assume at least you are charlie uh, oh yeah ash versus evil dead on stars did you watch that at all have you seen that i haven't seen like anything recently i saw like the first few did you like them i will say that i wanted to like them more than than, than i did yeah. i know some of my friends like rave about it but for some reason it just didn't hit me you know it's it's definitely got the same vibe as evil dead and it's fun over the top violence and gore i I feel the same as you i watched the first season i enjoyed it but there's only so much ash that you can take uh but if you guys like evil dead and you've been waiting for the long you know long belabored beleaguered uh, uh sequel you might want to go check it out because it's uh, mm. definitely in the same vibe and it's it's a lot of fun. It just is, you know a lot of, a little ash goes a long way, shall we say? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, uh, honestly, the thing that I've been watching a lot of lately is kind of like politically driven shows. Like there's this show on Showtime called The Circus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I watch it too. I, I love it. It's it. It's like wow, I'm it, I'm so interested in this now, and I, well, I never big. It's a crazy time to to be into politics. I mean, I never, ever, ever followed politics until these last two years, and now I, I can't turn away. It's it's the greatest reality show ever ever made. Not yeah. only that, anyway, but it's, it, you can't turn away. It's like a car crash. Well, that's the it's thing. Like, Go ahead, Charlie. No, I was going to say this is it's a reality show, but it's really reality because we're all right. part of it. And I just, I, I I wish I could kind of binge watch it and know how it ends and. You know, don't we my, my anxiety level would probably be. <laughs> oh, my son came up to me today and uh, yesterday and he's like, hey, dad, you know, Trump's paying people 80 bucks an hour to build the wall. And I'm like, oh, it just never ends. And like, like him or hate him. He's just always doing stuff. It's just like, oh, my gosh. Come on, dude. You know? Yeah. 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 Believe me, I'm not and I'm not really affiliated with any party. Yeah. I'm just kind of like being real you know being, being a human being being a human being and if like if if uh if i see that that thing is is blue then of course i'm gonna say it's blue you right know? wait that was kind of weird that i said blue yeah <laughs> purple purple <laughs> and purple i meant purple yeah 
anyway, but you, you're right. I, wish I, I do wish we lived in a world where you can openly say what you really want to say about this shit without losing half your fan base. <laughs> I, a, a, a times a thousand. It's like I don't even know what to say anymore. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I went to the mid like in Canada, and this is how crazy it's getting. So when you grow up, you play hockey, and when you're a kid, like if you're like a little kid, like eight years old or something, your league is called the Midget League. No, my son's playing midget. You can't call it the midget league anymore because the word midget isn't allowed to be used. So wow. they had to change it to like, you know, the little kids league or whatever the hell it is. Today, uh, I made a post on Instagram because it was Jimmy Page's birthday and right. Dave Matthews. And, and I said, happy birthday to these two guys. And someone made a comment saying, uh, I cannot support anyone who sleeps with underage girls. <laughs> well, who would that be? <laughs> Jimmy Bates. Oh, <laughs> well, the, with his, his teenage girlfriend back in the seventies. Gotcha. Right, right, uh, right, right. Lori Maddox, and I was like, really? Oh, is no. that is that where we're it's going? It's crazy that time? we're living in a time that it's everything is so politically correct. When you look at what's going on in the White House, it's more politically incorrect than ever. Yeah, it's just it's, it, it's, it, it's it, like it's like the rest of the society is is under undergone, but. But yet, what's going on in you know in in the yes. White House is excusable. It's 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 the most backwards thing I've ever seen in, in ever. I did a a cruise this year. We I told you guys about it, and one of the the things about it at first when I was dealing with six band was they were wondering if it would be like a male dominated demographic, and it turned out there was about thirty five percent women uh, signed up, and I, I just wanted people to know that. So there's thirty five percent women on this cruise that's a lot of bikinis and you would have thought i held up mother Teresa and like you know <laughs> blow torched her in the knees like what bikinis bikinis what are you what are you doing and you know who defended it was girls so they're like what else are we supposed to wear burlap sacks like yes we're gonna wear bikinis i didn't say anything else other than that but there's people that are trying to bring you down because of it like you said it's getting harder and harder to say anything in this day. You just, yeah, you just kind of like objectified blowtorches. <laughs> <laughs> your, your prejudice against blowtorch torture, Jericho. <laughs> God damn it, Chris. Uh, let's move over to music. Um, I know you're going to have some obscure ones. You, you busted me on obscure, Mike. Tell me what you got. I don't think you guys are going to know like, anything on any my list. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll try to go. More, I mean, because I have typical prog shit. I got, you know, bands like We Came From Space and Haken and Dilemma and uh, See Within. That's all like the prog shit. But I guess um, more mainstream, uh, I, I love uh, the new Eminem album. I, and I am i haven't been a hip-hop fan in many, many years. I loved hip-hop in the 90s, Public Enemy, NWA, Tribe Called Quest, Beastie Boys. Loved a lot of stuff, but I kind of fell off the last 10 years or so. I was never even a big Eminem fan, but this latest album caught my ear, and I think it was the uh, the whole the whole uh, diss track thing that, that started with him and Machine Gun Kelly kind of drew me back in, and that then was I awesome. ended up loving this album. Yeah, the, the, those diss tracks between those two were especially Eminem's man. That was great stuff. Yeah, man, you don't. It's hard to go up against that dude, you know, with something like that. But yeah, it was pretty intense. Let's go to some stuff. I also like that. There's a hardcore band called Vein, uh, V-E-I-N, as, as opposed to uh, uh, V-A-I-N. <laughs> but it's uh, they're a hardcore band, and they have an album called Arizona, which is probably my favorite album of the year. It's more in the vein of like Code Orange and, and stuff like that. 
I mean, I'm at, I'm at the point now where my son, Max, who's 19, he's turning me on to music. You know, that's that's kind of like where we're at at this point. It's no longer like I'm, I'll play him. Half the stuff I play him, he's, he calls it dad metal. You know, to him, Metallica is like listening to Elvis Presley or something. So he's listening to like all this crazy hardcore shit. And he's turning me on to a lot of it. And a lot of it is really cool. And this band, Bane, put out one of it's a, it's like a 28 minute album and it runs from start to finish like one song. It's, you know, it's kind of like Rain and Blood in that respect. It's like mm. 28 minutes of just straight brutality from start to finish. It just never lets up. And this album just totally does it for me. I love awesome. what you said about Metallica being Grant, uh, being Elvis Presley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about some of the the, the bands. I mean, we, we all have been in and out of love with Ghost at different times. What do we think about the new Ghost record that came out this year? Charlie. <laughs> um, <laughs> Everyone wants to tour with them, so no one's. I, <laughs> I, uh, you know, the way I feel about the band, I love, I love that band, and I love Tobias. Um, I still hold their first album uh, so high up because it just it was amazing when I first heard that record. And I know they're very popular now, but I didn't love the new record as much as I love the first two. You know, I just those first two albums are just awesome to me. But uh, I'm very happy with their success. I'm you know glad to see that. You know, yeah, I, I mean, they're blown up. It's crazy. It's amazing how big they are. I mean, playing the forum on their own, um, you know, and selling it out. And, and to me, like, I was never really, I'm still, you know, you guys know me, man. I'm still stuck in this time. Not stuck, but I, I didn't like Venom. I didn't like Slayer back in the day because I didn't like the whole satanic thing. It just never appealed to me. I didn't like, you know, Merciful Fate. I like them now. But the whole kind of the satanic thing with Ghost, I didn't, you know, whatever. But listening to it, actually, when Charlie and I did one of their videos this year for the song Dance Macabre, where they, uh, Slagle, uh, Brian Slagle from Metal Blade sa- uh, said, if we send you a pair of JBL headphones, will you you know, lip sync this ghost song for 30 seconds? And I was like, dude, I'll do it without the JBL headphones. Like, Whatever you need, I'll help you out. What I didn't know was he was doing that for everybody else. So the video is just a bunch of musicians singing the song. Right. And it's, I didn't know that Charlie did it and Shadows did it, Kirk uh, Hammett did it. And it's actually kind of an interesting way to do a video. I, but I had no idea that you were doing that, Charlie, until I saw it. Yeah, that was the first show on the Slayer tour. And they came down and I was like, yeah, I'll do it. I, you know, I actually like that song. It's a good song. Yeah, yeah. I, I, thought it was good. I, I think Ghost ripped off Max's band next to none because you guys both did the same exact thing for the next right. video five years ago. That's right. Both of you were in that video. Great call. Dude, yeah. that's right. Uh, a ghost. You can't find that video online anymore. Max had it taken down. He's so embarrassed because he's, you know, he's a kid. He's like 14 years old. Really? 13. Oh, yeah. So, you know, he's, he's a whole different kid now. So he, he, he's, a whole, he's a man now. So he, yeah, he had sure. that video taken down. He's too embarrassed by it. He doesn't want anybody to Google his name and that comes up. <laughs> well, yeah, you get to see Charlie and Chris. So imagine how we feel. <laughs> how about uh, Greta Van Fleet? I know we're all big fans of the original EP. Uh, this album came out as a little bit of a, of a of a grower for me. It took a while. I, I like the EPs better. I haven't. Been, I don't know. I think I liked them better when when they were our little secret. You know, mm. now they're you know they're going to be on Saturday Night Live this weekend, and it's like wow. And you know, like Ghost, they're the next big thing. So it kind of took away some of the appeal for me. I agree with Mike. 
it's pretty good for I mean, rock. you don't want to base a band, liking a band or not based on their popularity. You know, it's like we all still loved the Beatles or Zeppelin or Queen or even Metallica or Guns N' Roses when they blew up. But in this case, it I don't know. I, I, I thought like when they first came around, it was kind of like our little secret. And mm. now it's like, I don't know. It's it's good for rock and roll, though, whenever, like you yeah, said, the, no sound, doubt, like, no doubt. the mainstream, Absolutely. you know, playing these big rooms and it's it just keeps going because I always laugh when people bag on them for the for the Zeppelin comparison. They sound like Zeppelin. Well, first of all, you try and sound like Zeppelin and see how easy it is. And second of all, their fan base are early 20s. You know, they don't know necessarily who Led Zeppelin is. Whatever, man. If this becomes this this generation's version of Led Zeppelin that has some similarities to that band, I mean, as long as it keeps kids playing guitar and going to the rock show and not just sitting there with a computer pad, you know, watching YouTube or programming. You know, you just made a a point of, of saying, like, these kids are in their 20s. They don't know blah, blah, blah. And whenever someone says that, I always think back to when I was a kid and it's like, I knew who Elvis was. Yeah, I knew, who Ch- I knew who Chuck Berry was. I knew, you know, what predates, you know, the bands You're that like, I was into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, I, I always say, are you idiots that you don't know who Led, Led Zeppelin are? You know what I mean? Or Aerosmith? It's, mm. you know, and going back to Greta Van Fleet for one second, that first EP that came out was such a breath of fresh air. Um, I, I must have played that thing a, a thousand times the first week I heard it because mm-hmm. I was just like, I love this fucking song. I love that song. I turned all my friends onto it. They, it was great. We saw them at this barbecue roast here in Chicago. It was like, great, you know? And I'm happy to see their success, you know? And um, I hope their next album is more like that first EP and just has that thing that makes you look, you know, you look over to your friend, you're like, yeah, that's it. You know, I found this was a little there's, bit. There's very few bands these days that have the potential to be like a classic band. So, I mean, I guess it's, I'd rather see them doing it and you know, them they're going to be the first rock band on Saturday night live, you know, in, in the last year and a half at this point. Least. So, at least, at least we have that, and and it's only good for rock. It's encouraging, man. Yeah. That's, yeah. And they're so young, and you, you know, I hope we see a spike in instruments and kids just like, oh, I want to be like them, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. So let's let's hope that happens. So we need to start praising them more. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want uh, to mention musically at all? I love the last Dave Matthews record. I know that's um, your guy. I love Dave Matthews, man. He, he he makes this music that sometimes it makes me really emotional. Like I, I almost like shed a tear. He just hits me in certain ways. That whole band as a whole, they're just so, so good. And to this day, they're so good, you know? Mm. Yeah. yeah Carter, Carter's such an amazing drummer, man. Yeah, I love, love listening he to him. Is. He yeah. is. He, he never stops getting better, you know? Yeah. I have to mention, uh, on behalf of Merch Guy Ray, the uh, new Halloween song with the reunited Halloween uh, seven guys in the band, Pumpkins they United. They put out a new song? Yeah, I didn't even know that. It's called, oh, pu- it's called Pumpkins United. Of wow. Course. Yeah, worth checking out. With Michael Kiske oh, and wow. Andy Darris and Kai Hansen. All three of them sing on it. So it's wow. worth, worth checking check out if you're a power metal fan. Have um, you guys heard the... Oh, you go, Chris. I'm go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. Have I heard what? I was going to say the new Roger Manning Jr. Uh, EP. He's Roger from, from Jellyfish. And 
And I know Charlie's a fan. Yeah. I don't know if you are, Chris, but uh, I love this new EP, even though you, you listen to it. It's like, okay, well, that's his Elton John song and that's his Fleetwood Mac song, you know, but that's what I loved about Jellyfish, you know, so it, it's great to be hearing him again and getting some new music from him again. It's one, yeah. of, one of my favorites of the year. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. We can do a whole show on this, but we'll just mention it briefly because it was awesome. The uh, White Album reissue, the 50th anniversary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a whole show. That was amazing. And, and I guess we talked last year about the Sgt. Pepper 50th, uh, but it, it, it was amazing, the White Album package. Just the, the, I love the outtakes. I know a lot of people really like the acoustic demos, but us hardcore fans have had bootlegs of that for, for mm -hmm. 40 years now. So to me, it was the session outtakes that was you know, unheard and uh, brand new. And that stuff blew my mind. You know what one of my favorite outtakes is, is the uh, good night one when oh, the, yeah. the, all the Beatles sing. Yeah. On it. And it was a completely uh, different, a different approach. Like when the song first started, it was a right. completely different song. There's some stuff on these outtakes that are just mind blowing. How crazy is it that Paul had let it be right in 67? Well, 60, it was 68 technically, Six but, well, didn't he write it in when they went to India? Oh, maybe, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on there that just that that uh, came out years later. I mean, obviously, all the the, the solo John, George, and Paul stuff. But yeah, the fact that there there's a version of Let It Be and stuff, you know, it, from the White Album sessions is crazy. Right. But well, the but the other thing is, it's not that far removed from the Get Back sessions. That's how they were working so quickly. That um, you know, here they did the White Album in the summer in '68. Comes out in the in the I guess November '68, and then a few months later, you know, they get together and start the Get Back sessions and do the the rooftop concert. That was that was January '69. So that was right. really only a, f a few months removed from the White Album. Do Do you guys feel like it's the anti Pepper album? I think so for sure. I think it was the most. It was stripped. Sergeant Pepper was psychedelic and deep and and all these levels and layers, whereas the white album was just stripping it down to just, you know, as bare as it could be. I mean, the, the cover, the cover too. I mean, it's just yeah. right. The polar opposite. It, 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 it's the bridge between, you know, when they were stripping down for get back from pepper, that's kind of, cause there are songs on the, that have the psychedelic trip to them. But when you're talking about, first of all, we're talking about the, the, the outtakes. I love the, I won't, uh, outtake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Where he sings, if you want me to, I won't. And then Lennon goes, yes, you will. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, but, Sour Milk Seat, dude, I don't know how uh, as a Beatles fanatic for 37 years, I knew the title because, you know, I've read all the books and all that stuff. Never actually heard the song. And dude, that song is crazy good. I can't but, believe I mean, they never released that. Uh, that was always one of my favorites that they never did. I can't. The three of us shared the files around to each other, the, the electric version, because they recorded a version of that song during the White Album sessions with with Ringo, Paul, George, Eric Clapton on guitar, yeah. and um, and uh, Nicky Hopkins on keyboards, I believe. 
And anyway, but there, but there's an electric version of that, and it wasn't included on the White Album box, which was strange because the only version on the White Album box is is George's acoustic uh, demo of it. But it's there is an electric version from those sessions. I mean, the drums sound like it's directly out of Savoy Truffle, and they ended up giving that song away to Jackie Lomax when he signed to Apple Records. But it's it's strange that there's no version of that on this box set but if, if you right, go on spotify it's, it's on spotify because the, the is that right yeah the, the one that i've been listening to is the one with the same tracks because the jackie lomax one is the exact tracks just with jackie's vocal but it's still paul right. and ringo playing on it and everything but you know if you look at i can understand maybe it didn't make the white album session but if you look at the albums afterwards like you know one brown shoe is on let it be instead of sour milk sea you know right, right. Not, not, not guilty, too, right? Yeah, not guilty. They did 102 takes of it and, did, and didn't even use it. Did you know? Did you know when Giles Martin was talking about it? He's like, it's he's like, it's mind-boggling that they did 102 takes of that song, but they only did like one or two takes of Paperback Rider back then. Right? How the that, hell is that? Is it was that the whole band doing the takes? Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. for not guilty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like I said, man, the fact that that Paul and you know, the Beatles in general had all that stuff in their vaults for so many years, it's great that you know for guys like us, and you know, like I said, like Sour Milk Seed to me was a new Beatles song that I got to hear, right. you know, in 2018. So that that's enough to to last for a little while. Hopefully, well, until they do, you know, whatever Abbey Road next year, whatever it's going to yeah, be. Fingers crossed for Abbey Road this year and let it be next year. And as you guys know, like when I met Paul a few years ago. That was the question I asked him because before I met him, I said to myself, "What am I? What? What do I really want to know from him that that mm-hmm. that I've always wondered?" And in the middle of our conversation, I asked him, "You know, what's going on with Let It Be? Is is, is that ever going to see the light of day? You know, we have bootlegs of it, but it's never been released on DVD or Blu-ray." And he kind of winked at me and said, "You know, it's in the works," and kind of alluded that it's it's going to be coming out soon. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're planning on continuing the 50th anniversary thing through next year with a let it be box as well. I hope they continue. And I hope Abbey road is done really well, just like they did this one. The only, my only complaint about this box is that they didn't include lady Madonna. Hey Jude and revolution in this. Like, why wouldn't they put that on here? Those are the, well, they had on the outtakes, but they didn't have new mixes for the album. Right. I want the remixes of those songs. Right. Yeah, the, um, remixes, the remixes were really close to the originals, too. They even did the fades in the same spots and everything, whereas the Sgt. Pepper remixes, to me, were very different. But these remixes just made everything sound bigger and clearer, but they stayed very original. Uh, very, excuse me, very, um, what am I trying to say? They, it's very, they, they stuck to the original mixes and the fades and all that. He said, I, I, I read this very thing about, about uh, Giles Martin saying that they mixed that whole record but it sounded too modern for them Mm. and what they did is they got all the original gear that they originally mixed it on and did it that way to keep it to keep it sounding like okay this came from 1968 but here's a new mix of it but it's weird because they really matched everything like you know i figured i wondered at the end of helter skelter if they would let it go longer but they faded it out at the same exact spot back in at the same exact spot all the segues because all this you know all the songs on the white album segue into each other and you have these little quirky things in between and they kept all of that completely intact 
It's it's crazy. Did did you guys also know that those demos, they didn't even have those there. It came from George uh, Harrison's wife, Olivia. Wow. Wow. That's crazy, man. The, well, those are all George. George did all that stuff. He hmm. recorded those demos yeah. at his place. Yeah, exactly. That was the, well, you sure? I think that was his, the name of his house, I think. Right. Um, yeah, that's right. Well, um, well, we like could said, do an entire podcast. We could do a whole show on that. But let's yeah. let's wind down here as we talk about some of the the people that uh, passed away in 2018: Penny Marshall, uh, George Bush, Barbara Bush, obviously Stan Lee. I know you met him a couple times, Charlie. Yeah, Stan Lee was awesome when I met him. He was like this, like talking to Grandpa, but he knew everything. You yeah. know what I mean? He was so up on everything. And it's like, man, you know, Stan Lee is so responsible for a lot of our childhood without us even realizing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing about him. Um, you know, it's funny because I've done a couple of comic book shows uh, on, on, on Talk is Jericho. And Stan was kind of the he was kind of the, 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 the figurehead. But there was a lot of other people that kind of worked with Stan to create these characters that kind of fell by the wayside over the years. And Stan kind of came the guy that was the ipso facto, you know, uh, creator of all these things. But um, to see him pass away, it was kind of a drag for sure. Yeah. And then we had uh, Scott, I- Scott Wilson, Herschel from walking dead. Of course, mm-hmm. Burt Reynolds, the classic, I went back and watched cannibal run after he died and just had a laugh. How ridiculous those two guys were him and Dom Dello. Jack Horner. He's Jack Horner to me. Oh, from uh, yeah. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. <laughs> you know, it's funny to hear about Burt Reynolds because Burt Reynolds was such a movie star, you know, back in the 70s, man. That dude just like, that's a movie star right there, Burt yeah. Reynolds, you know? Yeah. Totally. Uh, can we say that? Can we say that nowadays? Like, mm. yeah. he's a movie star. Old yeah. school movie star. They just had all these. Well, there, there was a great movie that one of his, I think it probably was his last film, that was basically. His life story. Uh, I can't remember the name. Oh, it's called the, the the Last Movie Star. I think that was the name of the film, and it was fascinating because he's playing himself, and there's even scenes in the movie with him interacting with him from Deliverance and him from Smoking the Bandit. It's it's really fascinating that he made this. I guess knowing that he wasn't going to be around much longer, and this movie is pretty much his autobiography, but it's a real Hollywood movie with him playing himself himself he's not named burt reynolds but he's got a different name but it's pretty much him yeah oh, wow. mentioning that of course Vern troyer uh uh robin leach and then of course our bro vinnie paul passing away too which was a huge blow uh, for all of us as as musicians and as as friends charlie and i did a show about him with uh, chris from lamb of god but uh still hard to believe that he's that he's gone in this uh you know in in january here you know it's it's something that uh I was talking to Rita the other day. Um, she's like, y'all got to come and do my dime bash, you know, at NAM. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I could do it. You know, you're doing it. And it's like we started chatting about it. And it's like it just brings me back when I'm around here. It just brings me back to all those great times. So I said I'll, I'll go and do it because I don't know, man. It just playing those songs just reminds me of that time and those guys, you know. Yeah, it was weird because every December 8th, I email Vinny and say, uh, you know, hey, man, uh, uh, or I, I, every December 8th, I, 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 I talk to my dad because it's his birthday and I, I text Vinny to let him know I'm thinking about him because that's the day that Daryl, of course, was, was, was killed. And this year, I actually picked up my phone to text him and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. man, he's not around. It was kind of a, a drag on that, too. So uh, a yeah, good brother was... that 
we'll always miss for sure. Um, Absolutely. So we're here. At- I, I don't know about you guys, but I don't delete. Um, yeah. When friends pass, they're still on my phone. I still have Vinny on my phone. I still have, you know, uh, the Rev or, you know, yeah. AJ Piero. I mean, these, I can't delete their, their, their contacts once they're gone. So you know, they'll always be in the phone. Yeah, exactly, no. man. I, I agree. I agree. Um, so that's you it. Know, you know, um, one more person that I'd like to just say, you know, growing up, I always thought of like Roy Clark as one of these guys who is such an awesome guitar player. When I heard he passed away, I was just like, oh, man, Roy Clark, you know, I don't know if you guys were like, of course, ever watch shows like he. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of those um, insane he, chicken picker guitar players that just blows your mind, you know? Dude, sick. Just sick. And uh, yeah, it was sad to hear he passed away. I yeah. want to mention the other Clark we lost this year, Fast Eddie Clark. Oh, right. Was, yeah. yeah. Shocking yeah, because he, you know, that that was the last of the, the classic Motorhead lineup. All three of them are gone now. Uh, and Wurzel as well makes four. But if you look at the, the classic lineup, yeah. uh, Lemmy, Phil, and, and, and Fast Eddie Clark, it's it's shocking. They're, I think Motorhead and the Ramones are the only bands i could think of where the full lineup is now gone at this point oh and the jimmy hendrix experience as well so but it's uh sad sad that that well, we're getting at that point in in life now yeah do you consider the first four ramones yeah yeah the first yeah, well the first too. three albums Tom, tommy's yeah. gone so tommy yeah. joey Dee Dee, and, and johnny yeah. that's the first three albums and all yep. four Mar- of them are Mark, gone. he's the only one left and uh, one other guy I want to mention is another guitar player. This guy, uh, Ed King, who is with, uh, of course, Skinner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, probably one of my, I tried to play that lead in Sweet Home Alabama. That was like <laughs> just his technique and his tone. And he, you know, he wrote some of the best stuff in that band too. Mm. Yeah, man. But like- I, I, I'll say this though, and this is going to come across the wrong way, but it wasn't as bad of a year as 2016 and 2017 it's a horrible thing to say and i come across wrong but like i remember doing a list for 2016 and 2017 and it was brutal so at least this year was slowed down a bit but i mean you know like vinnie paul i mean that's just for us devastating and pat torpy who was a friend and there's a lot you know when it's at the point where you're losing friends yeah that's yeah. that's crazy you know it's it's just sad how time marches on like this well, yeah, especially friends that, that shouldn't have gone when they did. You know what I mean? So so now here we are at 2019. Uh, what do you got coming up, Charlie? And what do you have coming up, Mike? Uh, well, it's going to be a crazy year of juggling. Um, I just finished working on a Flying Colors album, which will come out later next later this year. Derek and Bumblefoot are waiting for me in the basement to continue work on the new Sons of Apollo album. <laughs> uh, we have the live thing coming out that we did with the covers and the orchestra. Uh, in about two weeks, I got um, the new Neil Morse Band album coming out, which is another double concept album, a continuation of the last double concept album. Uh, and I'm going to be touring with those guys pretty much for the first part of this year. Uh, and then the Winery Dogs are going to do a, a, a U.S. run in, in May. So, yeah, I mean, that's like, I think, five bands right there. So it's it's pretty nutty. A typical Portnoy schedule for sure. Yeah. How about you, Charlie? That's awesome. Um, well, I have like a, a bunch of demos for this next record and I'm getting together with Scott and the nephew in LA in about two weeks to <laughs> start putting it together. And, um, it's, it's so far, everything that I have is just really aggressive 
<laughs> I don't know if it's because of the state that we're all in, but it's coming out very angry and I don't know, you know, so I'm looking working forward with, to working with Jay again. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Jay Rustin's awesome, man. Very, 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 he's like, he's like our fifth, sixth member yeah. at this point. Um, and then we're going to go out and do a bunch of shows. So March, we go to Australia, Japan, and New Zealand, and then we hit the Europeans. And so we're going to be peeing on the Europeans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, 2018. And what about you, Chris? What are you doing this year? Yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on? I know you just did something. Yeah, I just, uh, I actually just signed with a new wrestling company um, called All Elite Wrestling that's owned by a billionaire who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, and the Fulham Football Club in London. So that was kind of a big deal. And basically just kind of taking it easy. We're starting to write the new Fozzie record. And, of course, we also have the uh, uh, supporting Iron Maiden at the stadium in Los Angeles in September, which is blowing my mind as well. And that's I, I think, want to try and go to that. I think I'm going to fly out for that. Dude, that, that's going to be so crazy. I mean, you guys have opened for Iron Maiden. I never have. And doing mm-hmm. it in you know the, the Bank of California soccer stadium. Um, it's, it's pretty much one of those things where it's, it, you know, bucket list, dream come true, surreal, yeah, all of the absolutely. above. So Yeah, it's so awesome. We have one just gig play, booked for this just, year, and that's it. So that's not a bad place to start. I would say get up there and play your set and then end with a Blaze Bailey song. <laughs> that's what he said. If you wanted to ruin your career, just open with like Aces High and just play all Maiden songs and see, see how long it goes before Smallwood pulls the plug. <laughs> all right guys go back to writing your stuff and uh, we got more podcasts coming up later uh in a month or two and uh, it's always a pleasure to hang out with the fab three here on talk with jericho cheers guys yeah man all right thanks, take care guys, guys. thanks guys right. bye a very big thank you to everybody for coming along here today i'm making it well you know you made the show anyway wonderful audience all right thanks to charlie and mike for doing the 2018 year in review the fab three like i said our next podcast we're going to do the ultimate beatles set list if the beatles were still around today and reunited what might their set list be we're going to track that in a couple weeks but in the meantime and in between time we definitely got some good tv movie and music suggestions to check out from mike and charlie and lots to look forward to in 2019 with their respective bands anthrax winery dogs neil morris band uh uh sons of uh of, of, of Apollo so much cool stuff going on and speaking of cool stuff kind of on Wednesday I'm going to LA this week to film uh, a new movie with Team Tiger Awesome and it's only apropos that they return to Talk is Jericho for another fun-filled watch-along this time it's one of my favorite cheap-ass horror movies ever Sleepaway Camp 2 uh, Unhappy Campers one of the greatest movies of all time if you haven't seen it go watch it now I think it's on YouTube you can't really find it too anywhere else but it's one of the best uh, 80s slasher TNA movies you're ever going to see and Team Tiger Awesome is going to be here to do a watch along just like we did with Kiss Me's the Fan of the Park it's a lot of fun we're going to check that out on Wednesday in the uh, so you're going to love it uh, it's funny it's cheesy it's ridiculous come join the hilarity and watch along with us you might want to watch it first like I said Sleepaway Camp 2 Unhappy Campers go find it where you can find it and come here on Wednesday to watch along with us in the meantime and in between time stay hard stay cool stay hungry Peace, love, and hugs. Uh, Please have a safe weekend. Don't drive drunk. Have a great 2019. Hopefully it's even better than 2018 was. And remember, I hate Stevensinger.com. See you on Wednesday.